Welcome back to Domance Dawn. I'm your host, Luke, and unfortunately, Janine is unable to make it on this week. Uh, she sends her love. Uh, we just had to reschedule a bunch of times, but in order to get the episode out, uh, we are recording. Luckily, we already had a guest on, uh, but Janine has sent me her choices that she has already made. For a number of the characters. Uh, but yes, once again, I am Luke Hare, he, him, sometimes they, them. And I am joined by someone from the Luke Hare Network of Podcasts that you might know them through. Uh, or she is a Eisner-nominated editor and all-around, like, critical media... Maven is that is that an appropriate word, Kaylee? I like Maven. Maven's okay. a good word. It's one of those words where it's like I don't entirely remember what it means, but I know people use it in certain contexts. Uh, yes, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi. Yes, I'm Kaylee Hearn. Uh, she, her, and like Luke said, I am an editor for Women Red writeaboutcomics.com and I write a lot of uh, pop culture criticism all over the internet including looper.com, shelf dust, panel, box panel um, and yeah I'm out there. And importantly for uh, the audience on this podcast what is your familiarity with Simpsons? I am a, uh, a lifelong classic Simpsons fan. Uh, I grew up in the 90s uh, during peak classic Simpsons era. Uh, I watched it with my dad every Sunday night, um, which was great because this is when The Simpsons was extremely controversial, especially with uh, my teachers at Catholic school. So this was like when watching The Simpsons was like really edgy if you were a kid. Which is wild to me because like, I grew up and my brother had like the episode guy that I'd study and I never understood the controversy. Like South Park, I understood it, but I, I feel like I had a level of disconnection from the media because I was essentially learning for, about it from a book. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And it's amazing because the cultural climate has changed so much in like the 30 plus years The Simpsons aired. Like when in the early 90s, when it was super controversial, it was like negatively compared to uh, The Cosby Show and Bill Cosby and oh, how the turntables have turned <laughs> in a terrifying way. But it's just a fascinating to kind of look at those classic Simpsons episode in context. It really is like especially the writing and like how they kind of balance things out in terms of like this is what this family is and this is what this is about and ultimately they love each other but uh yeah it's grotesque in many ways wonderfully so mm -hmm. uh abby and i have started doing a weird co-watching of Oh, I am blanking on the name of the TV show about the guy who moves up to Alaska to become a doctor. Northern Exposure? Yes, uh, Northern Exposure, and we've also been watching The Great North. Oh, wow. Which, uh, if you haven't seen The Great North, it is not a Bob's Burgers ripoff. It is infinitely 
stranger and somehow more wholesome and progressive. Uh, and it makes me excited to see what the Molyneux sisters are going to do with Deadpool 3. Oh my gosh, that's right. Yeah, just seeing how the family dynamics change and what we see as appropriate is fascinating, especially because I'm also doing a slow Simpsons rewatch. Uh, but Kaylee, for the other part of the podcast, what is your familiarity with One Piece? Oh, gosh. My uh, familiarity with One Piece is considerably lower. Um, like, I'm, in general, an anime and manga fan, so I've always, like, been aware of it and its cultural impact, you know. So, you know, like, I, I could identify Luffy on site, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, and I watched a few episodes years and years ago. Um, not the uh, Four Kids Abomination, thankfully. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which I know, which I know a little bit about. Um, and, uh, I enjoyed it, but, uh, like something about the Shonen Jump action series, uh, overall style, like the, uh, the pacing and the filler arcs, uh, whether it's one piece or bleach, like I, my, my little goldfish brain kind of really can't handle that and stick with a show for a thousand episodes. Um, which is very funny because I am a huge X-Men fan and have read like 60 years worth of X-Men comics, no problem. But I like try to read Dragon Ball on my brain short circuits. I, I get that. I mean, I tried to do a Dragon Ball rewatch uh, at the start of the pandemic and I kind of dipped out fast because there's a difference between watching it serialized in the afternoons and, uh, you can get overwhelmed. I think it was the last vacation that we had before the pandemic when I did a full-on read-through of all of Dragon Ball Z and all of Hickman's Avengers. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, no, I, I make awful, awful media choices. And are you ready for your awful choice, Kaylee? Oh, yes, absolutely. Which X-Men character would you compare to Nami? Oh, wow. Oh gosh, maybe Kitty Pride. Interesting. There, they Kitty or Kitty or rather K Pride. Now she's kind of got the female pirate thing going on, and um, God, is that all I have? Just pirate, They're, pirate. Yeah, they've got a lot of spunk. I guess you could say resilience mm-hmm. in the face of adversity. Uh, very different backstories, though. Yeah, I kind of thought you might have gone with like an Emma Frost. Um, I can see that, but also Emma is much more contained mm-hmm. with with her her machinations and her secret plotting. Like you'd never would see Emma Frost uh, violently stabbing herself and screaming at her arch enemy. Fair. Uh, Nami is not a wasp. No, that too. Well, all right. Uh, so this week on the show, we are going to be covering episodes 31 through 37 of One Piece. At this time, uh, when these episodes ran between July 12th and August 9th in the year 2000, which just my brain is like, well, so this was 
still pre 9 11. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, there was no contemporary Simpsons. They were doing their summer break. Ah. And so we also have like no new Simpsons characters to add this week. Uh, so yeah, we are going to just go over the episodes. Uh, episodes including The Most Wicked Man of East Blue, Fishman Pirate Arlong. The Witch of Kokoyasi Village, Arlong's Female Officer. Usopp's Death? Luffy Yet to Land? Reunited, Usopp tells Nami's true story. The Hidden Past, Female Fighter Bellamere. Bellamere. Survive! The mother Bellamere and Nami's family. Luffy stands up. End of a broken promise. And, uh, yeah, we're definitely, like, following up on the previous arc, which saw Nami steal the Going Mary, the uh, pirate's boat, along with all the treasure that they had on it. And so as uh, Luffy and Sanji and Johnny, I believe, are Heading after, we also have the other boat with Yosaku and Zoro and Usopp on it. And we kind of just get like four episodes of shenanigans and like peace setting that doesn't lead to a lot of places. It, it It's entertaining, but it's just kind of very convoluted. Yeah, it's interesting when the episode title itself is like, Luffy ha- is still on the boat? Question mark. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's also a story arc where the well, while it's a, while it's an ensemble show, like the essential main character Luffy is like really not present in the story arc until the very end of these episodes, mm-hmm. which is an interesting narrative choice. Well, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll get to it because I mean, part of the reason that I wanted to have you on is kind of to discuss the weird choice that they did here um essentially what happens though is uh arlong is a fishman, uh part of a former pirate crew who basically just took over a bunch of villages and islands in the chain and has a military or and has a marine connection with him uh to prevent anyone from stopping him and he's basically extorting the towns for money in a Plotline that still does not make sense, because if their economy is being fed over to Arlong every month and they can't safely get trades in, how are they continuing to get money? Good question. Yeah. uh, Also, Arlong, leader of the Fishman Pirates, is a Fishman supremacist. Ooh, awkward. Yeah, they... They eventually, like, 700 episodes, no, only 500 episodes later, like, get to an arc explaining that uh, he had previously worked with one of the Warlords of the Sea, which are one of the three main forces, and it's interesting. But yeah, here it's kind of just like, oh yeah, he's racist, but also here's the personal bad things that he's doing, and uh, yeah, so... Uh, He has a stranglehold. Nami, we find out, works for him for kind of 
weirdly defined things because basically he came and forced her to make maps, but also she has the free reign to go and run griffs and steal from other pirates and come and go, which is also just very strange. Very convenient to mm-hmm. the plot. Yeah, like, there's there are plot holes that we can poke at here, uh, and I'll be interested to see how the Netflix version is going to handle this, that live-action show that there's they put the money into, so I feel like it's got to come out. Yeah, they they certainly released the Cowboy Bebop live action show. Yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, Zoro gets captured uh, when Usopp uh, abandons him uh, because they see fishmen, pirates. Uh, Nami pretends not to know him. He gets locked up. She lets him escape, and then he basically gets out and kills everybody. Like, all the fishermen pirates who were left behind, which is a fucking massacre. Yeah, this was uh, a lot more violent than I was expecting, to be honest. Yeah, like, I, I've i watched this arc a lot more times on, like, the four kids version. And I think this oh was my, my second time watching the, like, Funimation dub. And it's like, yeah, no, he didn't just knock them off. <laughs> like, if they say, oh, yeah, no, he... He did. Uh, some mass murder. I I wouldn't quite say that it's genocide because uh, their race was kind of incidental to them all being evil. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. Usopp eventually uh, shows up in the village, uh, squares off with Arlong enough to try and cause a distraction. Because Arlong is ready to literally flip the entire town upside down because uh, Ginzo, who's the mayor, uh, has a sword. And Usopp's like, yeah, no, I'll make a distraction. And he eventually... Uh, I forget, does he get captured? It is a mess. I... Uh, but he eventually gets... There, while Zoro is carried all the way to the village uh, by Hachan, who is a octopus fish man. So Arlong is looking for Usopp. Uh, Usopp gets back to the base when Nami is there, finds out that Nami works for Arlong. Uh, she does a fake murder on him to get him out because she doesn't want him to get killed. And uh, because everyone thinks he's dead, he gets out and we find the full story from uh, uh, from Dojiko, who is uh, Nami's adoptive sister. So it turns out that Nami and Dojiko were adopted by Bellamere, who was a Marine, who was also sort of a trouble child herself. She joined the Marines to find some direction in her life, and ended up saving these two war orphans, brought them back, never had enough money. Uh, and so she's running a tangerine grove in a economy that seems to be very tangerine-driven. Yeah, tangerines are basically currency here. Yes. Uh, 
And so Nami is causing problems. She's stealing because they don't have enough money. She's very aware of their financial system uh, situation as well as Nojiko is. And eventually uh, Arlong comes to town and he's demanding uh, 1,000 berry for every man or woman or every adult, and then 5,000, or, and then 500 for every child, and, uh, the adults in the town who are also kind of shitty, especially the doctors, like, hey, uh, you, you kids should run off and escape this island, because if you don't, your adoptive mom is going to have to die for you, because she doesn't have enough money. And once again, Arlong's plan does not make a lot of sense. Especially for, like, long-term financial growth. Uh, but uh, Bellamere refuses to deny that they are her kids, and they get to see her get murdered. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, Ginzo, the mayor, tries to step in, and he gets his entire body pretty much cut the fuck up. And so with the, like, revelation, they're still kind of waiting for the inciting plot. Arlong knows that Nami almost has enough money to buy the village, which is what she's been doing all the crimes for. This would release the village from having to pay tribute to him. And so he ends up sending his marine contact, Nizumi, in to basically steal all of her ill-gotten gains. And when she finds out that Arlong is the guy who pressed him to do this, she realizes that, oh, no, she is fucked completely and needs help. And so the rest of the crew has been going around getting backstory, except for Luffy, who's wandering around. Wandering. And, uh... She finally just has a breakdown because she is forcibly like separated herself from the community from her family she's thought that she's been harboring this big secret that everybody in the town pretty much knew about but didn't want her to stress out about and so she finally is ready to ask luffy for help and so we kind of wrap up on uh luffy and the gang going to kick some ass there's probably some details that i forgot but we'll either get to those in the character sections or uh anything that you can think of i think that's pretty thorough yeah for a five minute uh description uh yeah so then let us get into the characters that we've got here because uh we have 16 characters to rank uh up first is uh nizumi who is a man who does look like a rat, and uh, he is Arlong's marine henchman. Uh, he is the guy who goes and steals all of Nabi's money, and uh, he also has big whiskers like a rat. And little ears on his cap. Mm -hmm. Which, marine uniforms in the show are highly inconsistent, but it's great. 
Yeah, uh, when when Nizumi first showed up, I definitely thought he was some kind of uh, mouse man hybrid, like the fish people. I was like, oh, okay, there's like there's fish people and there's mouse people. And then as the episodes went on, I was like, oh wait, he's probably just a very weird dude. Yeah, no, he's just a casual furry. Yeah, he's he's got the hoodie that's also a cap, mm-hmm. with ears. That's on brand. I mean. You could probably rock that at a Disney park and be fine. Uh, but yeah, so I had three suggestions for this, and Janine also had three suggestions for Nazumi. What about you, Kaylee? Let's let's give you the first cut. Oh gosh, Nazumi was hard. Yeah. Um, I guess I kept trying to think. Okay, what like kind of sort of military or rat-like characters do we have um so i thought maybe herman the one-armed uh i'm not sure is like supposed to be a veteran or just a crazy gun enthusiast but is like kind of a shady character if that makes sense yeah no uh herman who runs the antique store uh herman herman right Okay. Uh, was that the only one that you had? Yeah, that was the only solid one. Uh, yeah, I also didn't have uh, a like super great idea. So I had uh, Rat Boy Bart. Oh my god, yes. Uh, I also had Freddie Quimby's lawyer who looks rather uh, rat-like as well. Oh, I can't believe I, for- I forgot Rat Boy Bart. <laughs> That's too good. Uh, and then the wild idea that I had was Matlock. Just, you know, why not Matlock? When are we going to use Matlock? Does does Matlock actually show up in The Simpsons? Or is he just a, a MacGyver-like figure? No. Uh, so the character and the actor who plays Matlock both show up in scenes in The Simpsons. Oh, wow. Good for Andy Griffith. Mm-hmm. Uh, Janine also had Rat Boy Bart, uh, Hamster Bart, and... Oh, the third one was just a remaining test. Uh, I feel like Rat Boy Bart is kind of the way to go. Yeah, it's very literal, but it works when this guy literally has ears and the and the mouse whiskers. Yeah. And, I mean, Nozumi is inconsequential outside of this arc. He exists to suck, and he does his job. Good for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, we then have Arlong, and I, I do wish Janine were here so she could express shock when I say that my big pick for Arlong is... Fat Tony. That Fat Tony was my number one pick. Uh, did he have an alternative? Uh, possibly the uh, Big Daddy from the Simpsons spinoff showcase. Ah, yes. You know, another another large, imposing criminal figure who threatens small children. Yeah. Uh, like, for me, Fat Tony works because this is very much mob-style extortion. Oh, yeah. Uh, Janine, meanwhile, submitted uh, The Devil okay. and also Devil Flanders, which 
I don't necessarily feel as confident about though I feel like that could have been some hesitancy caused by like burning a Fat Tony character here. Yeah. I was wondering if that was like too obvious a pick. No, I mean like Arlong is a major character. He has repercussions throughout. I think putting him in is fine and I mean when we get to the show when we get to like Simpsons episodes from like five or six years ago, they introduced Fit Fat Tony, and so that brings a whole bunch of other Fat Tony options. God, Modern Simpsons makes choices. Sure does. You know about Fit Fat Tony, right? To my great disappointment, yes. (laughs) I read that wiki entry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, For our audience who doesn't know, Fat Tony dies, so his lookalike Fit Tony takes over, and then the cost of being a mob boss causes him to gain weight and he becomes Fat Tony, but he's Fit Fat Tony. Yeah, people loved the Armin Tamzarian storyline so much. They just, they had to do it again. The people demanded it. I actually like it. And I mean, when Mad Men does it, it's amazing show writing. <laughs> of course. <laughs> they're, they're, oh. These are very much the same thing. Well, I, I, I feel like Fat Tony is the way to... Hmm. I'm going to Google Big Daddy again, because he... Big Daddy would kind of ruin a lot of the other vibes. Okay, nope, he is not wearing a Hawaiian shirt like I briefly thought he was. Oh, gosh. Gosh. My my brain is like, ooh, but do you want to use Big Daddy? Or do you want to use Fat mm. I feel like Janine would be disappointed if I made as big of a choice when she was not here to comment on it. So let's go Big Daddy. Okay, Big give, Daddy. Give Big Daddy some give Big Daddy some energy. You got that Big Daddy energy here. Mm-hmm. Uh, also important, Arlong is a saw shark fishman, which means he got a big saw shark nose. Which and is absolutely wild. Every time that thing was on screen, I was like, oh my god. Yeah, I hope that they commit to the bit in the uh, live action. They've also got a black guy, or they have a black actor playing Arlong, which is going to be interesting. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so then we have, uh, one of Arlong's, uh, or the first of Arlong's three, uh, sort of leadership. Uh, we have Chu, who is a smelt-whiting fisherman. The main thing that we see him do is shoot, uh, like, water bubbles really well. Like, the whole second half of this arc that we aren't covering here is fights. So, you know, he's ranged guy. I had legs for him. Yeah, I also had legs or possibly uh, one of the other two bullies, uh, Dolph or Kearney. Uh, well, let's see what Janine had. Uh, oh, the Blue Devil. Uh, I believe that would be from... The guy who constantly feeds Homer donuts. 
Yep, uh, from the Treehouse of Horror, where Homer sells his soul and he is constantly fed donuts. Oh, wow. All right. Which is a deep cut. I, I, I feel like Legs kind of has more of the mob vibe that we're looking at here, though. Yeah, and he is a... He, he appears a lot with in Fat Tony episodes, but he's also a very minor character. Agreed. Like, I... I don't want to say I can't see them do a full legs story arc. They probably could, but. Yeah, they finally did a Carl episode. The one where he goes to Norway. Yep. Which, I mean, it's a funny idea that, oh, he's from Norway because his name is Carl Carlson. Yeah, that's pretty much par for the core for modern day Simpsons. Yeah, like. The last one that I watched that I was really happy with was the Halloween one that wasn't a Treehouse of Horror. Oh, yeah, I've heard about that. Mm -hmm. Like, it had the core, it had good bits, it had a song. And it's like, yeah, no, this is what I wish Simpsons would be. But since the majority of them aren't getting these, and then said it's like, oh, uh... Seth Rogen wrote an episode, or here's one where Bart's going to spoil the Avengers. It's like, eh, I'll stick to the Great North. Yeah, the last modern Simpsons episode I watched was for the gratuitous Alex Hirsch cameo, where they they meet uh, all the different variations of Loki played by mm. Tom Hiddleston, and one of them is uh, Bill Cipher. Yeah. He I, tells people to invest in crypto. I just watched... <laughs> I just watched the clip that, uh, like, Abby and I had done uh, all the Treehouse of Horrors to see if any of them got better. It's like, no, they're pretty much just hitting on the movie beat. At least more of the movies are actual horror films. But it is what it is. So our uh, chew is going to be Legs. Uh, we then have Kurobi, who is a ray fishman. Who I do like how he's got two tiny pigtails at top to look like a manta ray's eyes. Or, yeah, eye stalks. Yeah, the character designs for these guys are pretty great, I must say. Uh, Oda does, uh, Ichiro Oda does a great job at like wild background designs and just like throwing things out that most of the people wouldn't use. Like, there was this uh, meme I remember years ago where it was, like, comparing background characters in One Piece, Bleach, and uh, Naruto. And Naruto's just like, yeah, we'll put a different headband on them. And Bleach was like, ah, uh, no, it's all pretty much the same face. And then One Piece is One Piece. Uh, I didn't have a great idea. Let's see what Janine had first. Uh, Janine had either the Green Demon or, oh, that was where I just put butts in to show that the formula would work. So, uh, Janine has Green Demon fitting in with her theming. I had the Yakuza boss from the one where, uh, Marge, uh, gets into the pretzel stand and at the end there's the big battle between, uh, the Yakuza and the Springfield mob. Oh yeah, that's that's a good choice. Yeah, uh, 
he's he does not say anything but it's the oh yeah look at that little guy i bet when he does something it's going to be really cool or something like that and then sadly homer misses it mm-hmm. what is your thought for kuroli uh, my thought was to go along with Legs, the other mob guy who's with Fat Tony a lot, whose name I can never remember, even though I specifically looked it up for this purpose. Mm-hmm. So minor character. I am opening it up. Uh, yeah, I was very disappointed that uh, Johnny Tightlips had not uh, premiered yet. Uh, would that be Louie? Yes, Louie. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I feel like Kurobi's style is very much like he's wearing a gi, so sticking with the martial arts idea might be the most fitting. That's fair. I can roll with that, definitely. Sorry, right. Louis. Nope, we will we will find other spots. And I, I guess it fits if we have a more eclectic group for our uh, Fishman Pirates. Uh, the last one who I'm going to be interested in is Hachan, a.k.a. Hachi, a.k.a. Uh, the guy who actually comes back in spoiler alert, like, has a full arc where uh, we learn that, no, he is literally just a Hindo who wandered into this group on accident. Well, good for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, this casting is what broke me. <laughs> uh, trying to the, trying to cast a Simpsons character for the octopus fish man. Yeah, yeah, no it it took me a while, uh, but I've got two suggestions. Um, Janine had giant squid. Is is that the giant squid that the uh, fisherman uh, is trying to kill, and then just says, "Oh, I just wanted the gold in your belly." I believe so. Uh, yes. Yeah, that was what I had. It's like my closest approximation. So I've got two, and one of them is very obscure, and the other is going to be a... Oh! So the very obscure one is Busman, which is a superhero who auto-created. Okay. And I believe I picked him because... Uh, Hachi has very stoner vibes to him. Yeah, I can see that. And, uh, I mean, that's very much Otto, but also this is an Otto who fights zombies and is jacked as hell, which I think could be well represented by six arms and a muscle man build, and also that hair. Uh, Marge Simpson gone crazy hair. Yes. I am sticking a note into the DM so you can see the picture. Uh, the other idea that I had is Kang from Kang and Kodos. Oh, yeah, that would make sense. He's much less sinister than Kang and Kodos, but uh, there is a physical resemblance. Yeah, yeah. This is where the discussion would be good, because I feel like just leaving it as a giant squid is not quite having the same vibe. Well, one that just popped in my head as we were talking is um, the blowfish that almost kills Homer. Interesting. 
early in the series. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. it's, it's not technically the blowfish's fault. It's not, no. It's, it doesn't necessarily mean any harm, but uh, he's spiky and, and fishy. He is an aquatic creature. He is indeed. A physical threat to our heroes. Yeah, uh, we're going to see him wielding a bunch of swords in the upcoming episodes. Uh, oof, we have three solid ideas. Yeah, this is why he broke me. Fair. I, I I feel like it's very fair. You know, I think Janine had wanted to use Kang in a previous episode. Let's let's put Kang in here. Alright. Let's good choice. Let's, let's go actual squid monster. Uh we then have Chavo, uh, who is a kid whose parents got killed by Arlong. He is ready to just get himself killed. And uh, you know, he's He's just a background kid. Yeah, it's it's pretty great though when when Nami beats his ass with a big stick in like mm-hmm. the first ten minutes of this first batch of episodes. Oh yeah, no, it is wonderful. It's like oh, uh, I didn't remember this part of One Piece. It's this kind of show where kids yeah. get constantly wrecked. I mean, don't step up if you're not ready to fight. Yeah, I mean, she threw a stack of bills at him. I don't know what else he could have wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had for uh, Chavo either the Soitenly kid or Stickball kid. Just background characters. Yeah. Um, I was thinking Jimbo just for the beanie, but that's also probably too important a character to waste on Chavo. Well, and Jimbo is our uh, Sanji. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Yes. Um, maybe one of the Shelbyville kids. Uh, so Janine's suggestion was the uh, uh, Cypress Creek Millhouse, which is not quite Shelbyville. Is that? Oh my God! There's another Millhouse that's not the. This is what it feels like when doves cry. Millhouse. Uh yes, there is. I'm. I always got that Simpsons wiki open. It's very important. Especially when I'm really bad at remembering episode titles. Uh, that was from You Only Move Twice. Yeah, it's got a different haircut. But not really the hat vibes. Maybe Malibu Stacy with her new hat? I mean, Mal- new hat Malibu Stacy will be picked up sometime uh certainly kid has one of the uh jughead crowns oh yes there he is what a champ and uh i feel like that or i feel like he might be a better choice maybe the original alfalfa that mo killed Oh, God. Uh, oh, oh, wait, wait, no. Uh, Stickball Kid is even worse. Stickball Kid is even worse. 
uh, by which I mean great. And his picture actually comes up as a preview on Twitter. Oh, wow. Yeah, look at this jamp. <laughs> that kid wearing suspenders and a baseball hat. And giant purple shorts with leggings? I think those are tall socks. Yeah, that's that's a look. I do love like a gratuitous, like dead end kids, eighty mm-hmm. uh, year old comedy reference on The Simpsons. Especially since that would have been said in the nineteen eighties, because that was from Lisa's first word. Uh huh. So I'm I'm going to go with stickball kid. If you are, that sounds good. All right. Uh, we then have Nojiko, who is Nami's adoptive sister and who is essentially a palette swap of Nami in a lot of ways. Yeah, I noticed that. Because, you know, if you grow up next to someone, you just take the same treat- traits as them. It's uh, Nami's zenization. Yeah, and also the artist really likes one particular female body type. So I was digging into it because he does get to a point where he's like introducing a lot more female body types and then the scuttlebutt that I heard is his wife who is a model who is also cosplayed as Nami is basically like no you don't draw body types that I don't have and that was kind of like the point where all that went out the window oh wow that's fascinating I I do not have a good source of whether or not there is the case, but there's also a good discussion to be had as sort of uh, Ichiro Oda's changing uh, ability at, like, properly representing female characters. And uh, I think it was women writing about comics that had a piece on it that I was thinking about. Yes, I believe we've, we've run something like that. Yeah, like, there is a lot of good discussion to be had, and it's, like, one of those things where it's, like, I'm good that Oda isn't actually on, like, Twitter or anything, because I feel like that would be a shit show that he would quickly fall apart in. Yeah, that seems like a reasonable bet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've also been, uh, have you seen that Twitter that's going around where it's the, uh, the woman who does the uh campfire authors talking about uh horror stories uh like it's the woman who runs that has also been doing a thread where she's been going through all of the sinfest webcomic oh god yes i've seen that yeah and she's basically trap uh like tracking the path where it's like oh this is where his like internal self-loathing fully takes over and he just goes hardcore turf and anti-feminist feminist oh boy and it's like it, it, it is fascinating to watch these sort of transitions uh but for nojiko uh i had tanya who and i then a few of these a while ago oh uh tanya was was that the Tanya that I was thinking of? Oh, yeah, because she has blue hair. Uh, Tanya is one of Lisa's background friends uh, who has blue hair. I also had Teen Patty Bouvier. Or Bouvier. Uh, 
so one of Marge's sisters, and also Sienega, who is a MTV-style host when they go down to Florida. Oh, wow. Deep cuts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, my choices were slightly bigger characters. Um, I had uh, Ruth Powers for Nojiko. Um, kind of like as a sort of self-sufficient single woman uh, with a red bow or handkerchief in her hair um, who does play like a strong supporting role for another female character. Uh, she got used back in episode one, unfortunately. Ah, foiled again. Yes. Uh, my other choice was Aaron, uh, the beach friend Lisa makes in uh, Summer of Four Foot Two, who's voiced by Christina Ricci. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that is, that is very inspired. Oh, good. Thank God I finally got one that's, that makes sense. You are doing very good. This is a bullshit game, Kaylee. If you take it through, you have succeeded. Again, the octopus man broke me. I have no confidence in any of these. <laughs> oh. uh, so Janine uh, had two suggestions. Uh, Jamie Powell and Tashu Annie. And uh, yeah, Jamie's oh, yeah. another one of like Lisa's background friends. Tattoo Annie, I feel like, would ironically fit better for another character we'll be discussing. Yeah, I can see why why she was picked, though I can't see Nojiko falling for Barney, who catfishes yeah. her. I really like Aaron as a suggestion. Like that's the kind of vibe that we are looking for. Sort of the supportive older sister. Yeah, that's so. what I was thinking. Yeah, I am good with that. Uh, yeah, so, hell yeah, you got one on the board. Yes! Actually, uh, yeah, no. Uh, no, you got two on the board because you also had Big Daddy. Oh, oh, yeah, all right. Two out of seven. Go team. Hell yeah. Uh, we then have Momu, who is a giant sea cow, which is literally a cow-fish hybrid, who appears to steal uh, the food that Sanji made for uh, Luffy and then is forced to pull the ship in. He's also going to reappear because he's set up as this big foreboding force. And uh, no, he just got his ass kicked. By Luffy and Sanji. I love Mumu. Momu? Momu, yes. I love Momu. Uh, I had three suggestions. Okay. So I, I had the cow that uh, appears in Natural Born Kissers to watch Homer and Marge doing in the barn. Oh my god. I also had Godzilla. I also had Gamera. He's really neat. He is made of turtle meat. All good choices. Um, mine was for a smaller type of aquatic mutant. I had Blinky, the three-eyed fish. Mm-hmm. Um, or again, possibly the giant squid. 
going to get you giant squid one of these days. We will. Uh, so Janine also was with me on the cow. I, I kind of still like the idea of Gamera. Gamera is pretty of, good. I mean, Gamera is for the children. Children love Gamera. Mm-hmm. It's like I love Momu. Yeah, so I, I feel like Gamera fits the vibe, and Gamera appears several times in The Simpsons, surprisingly. Oh. So, we good with Gamera? Yeah, Gamera's great. All right, we then have Bellamere. And this was the point where Janine did not have additional suggestions, but she has been busy, so that is perfectly fine. And, uh, yeah. Bellamere uh, has very queer vibes to her. That she does. She has an absolutely astounding haircut. Also wears a lot of uh, flannel shirts. Yes. An also amazing combination. Yeah. yeah. It's all adding up. <laughs> it is. Uh, so who did you have for Bellamere? Uh, another uh, big shot. I went with uh, Mona Simpson, Ooh. who is a a mother figure who um, is believed to be dead, and who also had that wild, rebellious '60s protester background. I that is that is an interesting piece to chew on. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Uh, so I had three suggestions. None of them are super great. Uh, there's a female naval officer, great mom, and uh, Miss Mellon. But Janine had suggested Tattoo Annie. Well, uh, Bellamere, as far as we can tell, does not have any of the uh, titular tattoos. I feel like Tattoo Annie also also captures a lot of the vibes. I can see that. So I'd, I'd be willing to use Tattoo Annie here. Because, like, Moda Simpson is good, but the fact that Bellamere joins the Marines kind of, like, balances out that sort of anti-government vibe yeah that's fair maybe if mona wore a flannel shirt that said mace on it (laughs) all right well i will give uh janine credit there for tattoo annie uh we then have uh ginzo who uh has a great look for the summer yeah, again, these character designs are just like have me howling. It's because it's just some strange, wonderful genius is like, okay, here's a guy covered in Frankenstein scars all over his body, and his hat has a giant pinwheel on it. Mm-hmm. And also, he's dressed up like a bellhop in a way. Right. And what is his job again? Uh, he's kind of like the mayor of the town. Yeah, he, but he's like dressed like a cop. A cop slash bellhop. Yeah, it's a, cop a fascinating look. I, I'd love to do see someone do one of those steal this look memes. Oh, God. 
because uh, I mean I'm a shorts in the summer person and uh, I feel like I could pull that look off. And I feel like the the like structure of the shirt probably pretty slimming. Yeah. Uh, so for Ginzo, I had two uh, uh, suggestions. Uh, the first one was Mutant Skinner, uh, from the one where all of Springfield gets irradiated except for Homer and his family. Oh, wow. Uh, I also had in Skinny Boy bringing back <laughs> up uh, Big Daddy, because Skinny Boy <laughs> is a legally distinct character. <laughs> Interesting that you went with uh, Skinner both times. I I feel like the sort of military background, the order, but also the kind of like goofiness. Yeah, I can see that. And I like took, I took some huge swings like um, Flanders. Or sort yes. of the, uh, he's got the mustache. He's kind he's, you know, a sort of fatherly figure to Nami and Nojiko. Um, sort of that good influence. Mm -hmm. But he's a tough character because he's like also like the mayor, but he's definitely not Mayor Quimby. So he's really tough to slot into a particular role. Agreed. I, I feel like Mutant Skinner kind of also gets the horrifying aspect that we're looking at. Because like, he gets cut up when he tries to do the right thing and then he just spends the next eight years not doing anything. Yeah, or maybe he's the uh, the Simpsons in the Halloween episode where they get turned inside out. Oh, yeah, uh, because of the gas. Though he does not appear in that scene. Or um, Groundskeeper Willie, I believe we see turned inside out. I think that was the running theme. That was the episode where he gets killed 18 different times, I think. Uh, Another sort of caretakery character who is very ineffectual at saving the people he's coming to save. So that would have been a Treehouse of Horror 5. And yeah, at the end, uh, yeah, Willie does try... Yeah, so we could have Inside Out Willie. I think that's maybe a bit too horrific. It is pretty traumatizing, I must say. Yeah, I I remember like seeing catching a repeat of that episode and being like, "Wow, what a weird dark way to like in that episode back when I would have been like at least five or six um i just have like this weird like you get partial memories of a place that you've been to that stick with you and it was like we were staying at a holiday inn that specifically had a like oh kids eat free once a day and it was like oh let's pretend to be uh always getting our free kids meal and just Part of that memory is watching this episode and being like, weird, I'm afraid. 
Yeah, as a 90s kid, I really have a soft spot for the early Treehouse of Horror episodes that were, like, genuinely scary, mm-hmm. where they actually had, like, Marge come out and warn the audience that uh, that these episodes would be uh, super creepy. So, yeah, I understand why Inside Out Willie might be too much. Uh, so are you good with Mutant Skinner, then? Sure. I, I like these these wild deep cuts. Well, I'm just like super basic, like um Flanders. Uh, I mean, like I said, it is a challenge at times. Uh, we then have Nako, who's the military doctor who has a Hulk Hogan mustache and a goatee. Like he is very much. What if Hulk Hogan had not wrecked his body with years of steroids? One can only imagine. And also tanning. <laughs> uh, yeah, so for him I had uh, Military Doctor and Bob's Aid. Bob's Aid. Uh, I believe that was a point where it's just like, I need some fucked up looking people. Uh, so let's go into like early season stuff. Oh, yeah when everyone's off model and discolored mm-hmm. uh, yeah who did you have double dipping my picks this was another character who reminded me of herman for sort of the military connection mm-hmm. and the and the sort of odd facial hair yeah I, I i sent you the link to bob's aid military doctor was literally just a very on the nose thing oh my god i really appreciate these deep cuts like as a diehard Simpsons fan, you're throwing me for a loop and it's beautiful. That's that's the other part of the show. It's like, you can't just skim the surface. You have to go weird and deep. Yeah. Um, maybe weird season one, Herman. But, yeah. And, uh, another very random, obscure character, definitely. I don't think he really I, I don't think Nako really appears after and he's far less important. I'd feel like using Bob's aid here mostly for the glasses and both of them wear a hat is probably fine. Go for it. Like eventually I will come to the point where it's like, oh no, this is where we should use Herman, because I don't believe he has been picked. Yeah, sadly I'm on an arc where most of the new characters are jabronis. <laughs> All right, uh, so we then get into our quartet of weird ass fish people who have like a line or two and great designs, but not much else. Uh, up first is Kanashiro, a goldfish fishman. Again, maybe the blowfish. Ah 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 ah! This was where because the fishmen look weird uh this was where i started just going full in on like uh where can i find weird looking people who get the vibe and the answer to that was season one simpsons that makes a lot of sense uh so i'm going to pick up some of these and send you images uh, so the first suggestion that I had was the ticket bouncer from Bart's uh, Nightmare, where he has to solve the train problem in Bart the Genius. 
Okay. Like, just especially the way that it's framed, it's very weird. Spring to nuclear power plant employee uh, is the suggestion for the second one who uh, also just has a beautiful season one Simpsons visage. Very dramatic angle on his wiki page. That's already like we're going to do Fellini here for this scene. I forget what specific person they're referencing for it um and then the last one that i had is player one from the fighting game and this sort of has the coloration the build and uh the general demeanor that i feel like we're looking for all right yeah so you're 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 feeling player one from super slugfest i can see that I feel like that was the one that I stumbled onto last and was like, yeah, no, this one is good. Uh, we then have Pissarro, who is a ocean sunfish fishman. And uh, for him, I had blacksmithers, you know, the famous uh, oh, miscolored smithers. Oh, no. And the other one that I had is Phil, the newsman, uh, who appears in uh the call of the wild uh oh this wiki has him as a phil reporter his legal name yes oh wow who uh actually has his first appearance in the uh omen shorts and then later appears in call of the simpsons which is where I saw him was like, oh, yeah, no, that's appropriately fucked up. Uh, who did you have for Pizarro? For Pizarro, um, he's got major clown vibes. He's got the big ruffled collar and the stars and he's mm-hmm. wielding uh, maracas. maracas with giant stars on them. So I uh, I was thinking like one of the background players on um, the Krusty the Clown show that um, like look like there's a uh, one shot where he brings out like sideshow Mel and Corporal Punishment and there's a dorky looking uh, clown doctor with like pink and swirly hair just like one of those background clowns that you know it's not sideshow Mel not sideshow Bob. Um, just like a weird distaff clown, maybe also one of the uh, students at Krusty's Clown College. You know, generic uh, knockoff Krusty. So, uh, yes, I see the clown doctor. Sideshow Luke not... Perry, perhaps? Uh, the clown doctor on Simpsons Wiki, which is different. Uh, you know, I really like clown doctor. Okay. Like, that is a good poll. I finally, I finally dug deep. Got a good one. I mean, that's, that's what the game is. Like, the, the fact that these fishmen have names is the main reason they are being discussed. Uh, we then have Shio Yaki, who is a salmon fishman who kind of has... Dolph Lundgren vibe? No, not Dolph Lundgren, but 
like 80s action man who is now like aged an extra 10 years right uh and the suggestions i had for him were mr gamel player two from the fighting game and howard the florist uh who did you have uh steven seagal is he around the simpsons i don't believe he has been wildly enough uh let's see just the the faded action star vibes with the bags under the eyes and like the the dark mullet uh i i just remembered why i suggested mr gamel and uh another like early simpsons cut he got the hair all right I just sent you the link. Yes, thank you. Oh God. Yeah. Like season season one Simpsons characters are just a whole different breed. They really are, and I am so grateful for them right now. <laughs> no, they're they're saving our asses here. Uh you good with Mr. Gamble? Sure. All right. Last we have Take, who is a carp fish man. Played by uh, Steve last... Buscemi. Uh, I mean, Sandy is Steve Buscemi, but yeah, also just <laughs> Buscemi. This is like a less flattering rendering of Steve Buscemi. Did you have anyone for Take? Oh, gosh. Who was I thinking for him? Again, I was distracted by the resemblance to Steve Buscemi. Clouded I mean, vision. Unfortunately, Steve Buscemi doesn't appear for another few seasons. Oh my god. Uh, so the the three that I had are the are a character just named Cashier, uh, Al Simmons, and then the District Attorney. Uh, a cashier is the person who Homer pawns his TV to, uh, so they can go and get, uh, therapy. Yeah, I'm seeing his pick now. Uh, the teeth are very on point. Also that haircut. Yes. Uh, so did you have a suggestion for Take? just had one and it flew out of my brain no worries uh we are just working to get through this now uh last up we have pudding pudding uh, who uh is a, a member of the marines who comes to try and take arlong down and his shit immediately gets wrecked Right. And he is also based on Purin Purin, who is a like Japanese fantasy character. So he's got her hair. Uh, and it was wild. apparently it was something that his uh, Oda's sister watched, and he was just like, "Yeah, no, I'm going to put this in. That'll be hilarious." Yeah, and this is another throwaway character, right? Oh no, he he yeah, he's fucking dead after this. 
Yeah. And again, this is where I really, you know, as a general newbie to the world of One Piece, I just really got to shout out these absolutely insane character designs for random jabronis who instantly get wrecked. Yep. That is a dedication to craft that you do not see often. So I really have to, you know, lay down in praise of uh, Pudding Pudding. Uh, Did you have anything down for Pudding Pudding? Pudding Pudding, I had a sideshow Luke Perry. Ooh. Like he has, again, sort of the sort of crusty, the clownish, colorful jutting out in three different points hair but again i knew i knew crusty was too big i knew this time i couldn't go big um but sideshow luke perry also gets instantly wrecked he gets does. fired out of a cannon and just gets super fucked up uh you know uh i can my mind is just going to when I eventually get Devin on the show, and he's like, "Can I use Sideshow Luke Perry?" And I will say, "No, Kaylee took it from you." I uh, oh yes, but no, you are you have something much better than uh, my suggestion, which was uh, Principal Valiant. Wow, who another very deep cut? Yeah, but yeah, you're Sideshow Perry. You made the argument. Well, this podcast has truly humbled me. You have risen to the challenge. Oh, God, of, I hope so. Of this bullshit show. I mean, you got one, two, you got four of them all on your own uh, out of the 16 we had here. And uh, we both agreed on a few of the others. So... You have served admirably, Kaylee. Oh, good. I, I hope I do not get wrecked by saw-tooth-nosed pirates. Like poor Pudding Pudding, R.I.P. R.I.P. Morning till I join you. He was a real uh, one. Yes. All right. Well, uh, that kind of gets us to the end of the uh, mashing that we needed. So, Kaylee... Do you have the desire in you to finish this arc? Actually, yes. Um, I wasn't sure because, again, the pacing of... Uh, I, I binge-watched this group of episodes, so I saw them all at once. So, again, the pacing of a lot of these Shonen Jump shows really are not for me. But it's actually, it's actually a pretty... Nami's story is very engrossing, which I was, mm-hmm. I was surprised by, like, because it actually very emotionally intense with despite these completely ridiculous characters like pudding pudding um so when it when the the final episode that i saw ended on that big cliffhanger where finally like some asses are gonna get kicked and i knew that was the last episode i had to watch i was like oh fuck uh (laughs) so i am kind of i'm curious to see how this turns out for the straw hat pirates and nami uh, so there is something that is out there that is called the episode of Nami that I don't know if this one made it to uh, Netflix, but it's essentially a, yeah, we're going to condense all of this down to a movie. All right. Okay. And like they do updated uh, animation for it and everything. I don't know how much different that is, but uh, yeah, that is also an option. 
Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to see if you continue on the cruise uh, past that point. But yeah, Nami, Nami, they do a great job of kind of putting her into a bad situation where uh, she stuck with a plan for eight years that she came up with as a child and everything falls apart. Yeah. And um, my husband is actually a huge One Piece fan, so he was really excited when I said I was going to do this podcast. Um, he was like, finally, I know geek shit that you don't know. And so he was always like, uh, need this explained? Need this explained? Need this explained? And I was like, no, no. So I broke his heart a little bit, but he loves One Piece. So, you know, I could I could share that with him a little bit now. So that's nice. That is. And I mean, I... I understand that. I now just wait for Abby to ask me what she wants explained. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm annoying as hell whenever we talk about anything related to X Men. So I totally understand my husband really wanting to get this one over on me. He ha- he deserves it. Yeah, Abby is very much into hockey, and it's like I don't understand this, but let me tell you why it's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> who they cast as the Emperor in Dune Two. <laughs> oh that 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 is fun yes all right well uh thank you for joining us on this journey kaylee where can people find you online people can find me online at twitter at ronch 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 spelled r-o-n-c-h and sounds filthier when you say it out loud which i did not realize when i made that uh handle um and you can Find my writing at women write about comics and blooper.com and lots of other places. Awesome. Uh, well, Janine, uh, my co-host, uh, can be found on the My Favorite Pokemon podcast when that is up. You can also find her on Twitter at, at Janine Juliet. And you can find me on Twitter at, at Coltreg. That's K-O-L-T-R-E-G or at L-U-K-E-H-E-R-R.com. Also, when this goes up, I will be at Space uh, in Columbus, which is a indie comic show. So if you're somehow in the audience and weren't already planning on seeing me there, uh, you can find me at least on Saturday until I figure out how much of a convention I can handle post-pandemic. Uh, Domance Dawn uh, updates every other week. The majority of uh, well, all our uh, covers at this point have been done by Colt Hoskins, who you can find on Twitter. And uh, we aim to have a new episode every two weeks. Uh, we'll be back in two more weeks as we finish up the Fishman arc. And uh, yeah, find us at DomanceDawn.com or on Twitter at, at Domance, D-O-H-M-A-N-C-E. Kaylee, thank you for filling in as both guest and co-host for this episode. Oh, thank you for having me. This was absolutely wild. It was. Thank you for being on the cruise. Safe sailing. Ahoy.